morning, everyone. Today's passage comes from the book of Matthew, chapter 26, verse 17 through 30. On the first day of the festival of unleavened bread, the disciples came to Jesus and asked, Where do you want us to make preparations for you to eat the Passover? He replied, Go into the city to a certain man and tell him. The teacher says, My appointed time is near. I am going to celebrate the Passover with my disciples at your house. So the disciples did as Jesus had directed them and prepared the Passover. When evening came, Jesus was reclining at the table with the twelve. And while they were eating, he said, Truly I tell you, one of you will betray me. They were very sad and began to say to him, one after another, Surely you don't mean me, Lord. Jesus replied, The one who has dipped his hand into the bowl with me will betray me. The Son of Man will go just as it is written about him. But woe to that man who betrays the Son of Man. It would be better for him if he had not been born. Then Judas, the one who would betray him, said, Surely you don't mean me, Rabbi. Jesus answered, You have said so. While they were eating, Jesus took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat, this is my body. Then he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you. This is my blood of the covenant. From this fruit of the vine, from now on, until the day when I drink it new, with you in my Father's kingdom. When they had sung a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. As Jesus prepared for his death, he had a Passover meal with his disciples. As you may know, the Passover was a Jewish tradition given by Moses in the book of Exodus, chapter 12, verses 14 through 17, which reads, This is a day you are to commemorate for the generations to come. You shall celebrate it as a festival to the Lord, a lasting ordinance. For seven days you are to eat bread made without yeast. On the first day, remove the yeast from your houses, for whoever eats anything with yeast in it from the first day through the seventh must be cut off from Israel. On the first day, hold a sacred assembly, and another one on the seventh day. Do no work at all on these days, except to prepare food for everyone to eat. That is all you may do. Celebrate the festival of unleavened bread, because it was on this very day that I brought your divisions out of Egypt. Celebrate this day as a lasting ordinance for the generations to come. So this festival began with Passover, and it lasted for a week. It concluded on the seventh day and was intended to be celebrated as God had rescued his people from the land of Egypt. Now, the timing of God is incredible. At the time where the people were sacrificing lambs at the time of Passover, the Lamb of God was being crucified. God intended us to understand that this was his perfect timing. He was showing the connecting points between the celebration of Passover and what Jesus was doing on the cross. Paul makes the connection very clear in his letter to the Corinthians. In 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7, Paul writes, Get rid of the old yeast, so that you may be new unleavened batch, as you really are. For Christ, our Passover lamb, has been sacrificed. The yeast, of course, represents sin. So God is saying we must remove sin from ourselves in remembrance of what he has done. And Paul clearly writes, For Christ is our Passover lamb. He is the lamb of God who was slain. For our sins. So let's not live our lives with our old sinful nature. Now in verse 21, uh, Matthew 26, Jesus tells his disciples that one of you will betray me. The disciples reaction is to say, surely you don't mean me, Lord. 
There's a tendency in our human nature to think that we're often above things. When we see someone sin, whether around us or hear about it in the news, we've probably thought or said at some point, wow, I would never do something like that. But the fact is that every one of us has a sinful nature. And within the context of that sinful nature, there is the potential for you and I to do pretty much anything. The honest reaction when we hear of some, someone sinning is to say, yeah, the potential for that disgusts me, but inside me, it's, it's resident in my sinful nature. That's the honest assessment of ourselves. And it looks at our sin and says, is it not me, Lord, is it? Jesus answered, the one who has dipped his hand into the bowl with me will betray me. Now this action has deeper meaning than it appears on surface level. This isn't just an act of police detective work identifying a suspect. What it does mean is that the betrayer was someone who was a close friend, someone who had lived in an intimate relationship over the years. In Eastern culture, uh, they often use the same bowl of herbs to dip their bread in. They shared together with people they trusted and they knew. The act of eating bread together was an act of deep friendship. It was also an honor to be given a morsel of bread by the host. Jesus gave bread to Judas, knowing full well that he was betraying him. It was a humble and gracious act of hospitality for Jesus. But for Judas, it was a horrible act of treachery. Now some people will ask the question, is it possible that Judas repented and got saved at the end? Unfortunately, Jesus' next statement makes it clear that's not the case. In verse 24, he says, The Son of Man will go just as it is written about him, but woe to that man who betrays the Son of Man. It would be better for him if he had not been born. If Judas had repented and been saved, then Jesus' statement could not be true. But some will say, but the Bible says that Judas was sorrowful. Yes, he was sorrowful to the point of committing suicide. He was sorrowful unto death, but the Bible says that there is a sorrow that does, doesn't lead to life, it leads to death. Just because someone acts sorrowfully when they see their sin doesn't mean that they've repented. Sorrow does not equal repentance. It just means sadness. Now there is a godly kind of sorrow. It's a sorrow that does lead to repentance. That I'm going to come to God and humble myself and ask for forgiveness and ask Him to wash me and cleanse me. And this is something that we have to do every day. Now the book of Matthew doesn't give all the details of the Passover. But when we look in the book of John chapter 13, we know that during the Passover meal, Jesus gets down on his knees and he washes the feet of his disciples, including Judas, knowing full well that he had already begun the process of betrayal. Can you imagine washing the feet of a person you held as a close dear friend, already knowing that they were in the process of betraying you to your death? Brothers and sisters, as we reflect on the Last Supper of Jesus with his disciples, Let's remember how God's perfect plan came into fruition of offering the eternal Lamb who died for our sins once and for all. How wonderful it is that we don't have to offer animal sacrifices anymore. Let's give thanks to God for His amazing love for us. Also, let's reflect on our reaction to sin. Sin is all around the world, and as Pastor Joseph preached last Sunday, it seems like the world is becoming more and more evil every year. But instead of just pointing our fingers at it, Let's first reflect on our own sin and our capability of sin. We are not infallible, and to think that we are, even in our hearts or minds, is to be full of pride. But instead, let us seek God's perfect sight and ask Him, Is it me, Lord? Am I walking in holiness in a way that is pleasing to you? And once we recognize our sin, 
Let's not wallow in sadness and self-pity, but rather let's fall on our knees and repent and cry out to God for forgiveness and mercy. And rising again, humble ourselves to meditate on His Word, pray to Him, and walk with Him every day. I hope all of you can continue to grow in your faith and equip yourselves with His Word to bring His kingdom in a world of darkness. May God bless you all and strengthen you to do so.